Good evening and welcome to the COSA update for the week of 2-17-2017. My name is Jan Johnson. Um, this week in legislative news, <clears throat> uh, there's a bill in Hawaii that currently seeks to end online tobacco purchases, which you don't think applies to you, but if you vape, it does. Um, the bill is currently making its way through the Hawaii House of Representatives and is seeking to close what they call a loophole that these 13 legislators see as allowing people, particularly minors, to circumvent the state's current tobacco taxes and laws by purchasing such products online. The bill is called HB 1945, and it seeks to, quote, correct a loophole in the Hawaii law regarding age verification, taxation, and public health goals by prohibiting the shipment of certain tobacco products purchased through the internet or by mail order to anyone other than licensed wholesalers or retailers. Effectively, it bans people in Hawaii from purchasing tobacco products, e-cigarettes, and other alternative nicotine delivery devices via the internet, mail, or phone order. As introduced, any manufacturer, wholesaler, dealer, retailer, or other person or entity who knowingly violates the law, should it be passed, would be guilty of a Class C felony, which carries a maximum fine of $5,000 per violation. Hawaii has some of the strictest tobacco control laws in the country. It was the first country to raise the minimum age to purchase tobacco products from 18 to 21, and it remains just one of two states in the country, along with California, to have passed um, a massive um, age increase. Um, it also currently imposes a tax of 50% of the wholesale price on cigars and other tobacco products. And the state legislator is currently considering an increase to 70%. On Tuesday, the House Committee on Health um, voted 6-0 to recommend the bill be passed with amendments, though those have not been published to the legislator's website. The bill has also been referred to the House Committee on Consumer Protection and Commerce. The ban would go into effect July 21st, uh, July 1st, 2017, should it pass. Uh, and we're looking at the return of Cole Bishop. Um, Representative Tom Cole from Oklahoma and Representative Stanford Bishop from Georgia introduced legislation in the House of Representatives on Tuesday, which if adopted could prevent e-cigarette businesses from falling into a state of de facto prohibition. The bipartisan legislation would alter the Food and Drug Administration rules requiring products deemed to be tobacco products that came on the market after February 15, 2007, the predicate date, to undergo a prohibitively expensive and complicated approval process. The predicate date is especially damaging for e-cigarette businesses since almost all types of vapor products entered the market after February 2007. Uh, the pre-market tobacco application process costs millions of dollars and countless man-hours per product. Being almost entirely made up of small and medium-sized businesses, the e-cigarette sector can't come anywhere close to affording the costs associated with these regulatory barriers. Uh, experts estimate if the rules are not changed, 99% of the vapor market will be wiped out. Ironically, the only players who'd be left in the e-cigarette space would be majority tobacco companies that can afford to comply with the FDA regulations. So, uh, Cole Bishop is back. There's some language in there about about batteries, which is a little concerning, but uh, it is well worth looking at. Um, today, there was a meeting of the county commissioners in Indiana and Monroe County. They were considering a vapor ban, and I actually have quite good news on that. 
the county commissioners voted two to one not to include vaping in their county smoking ban today. So well done on that. Um, the vapors in Indiana and the businesses who helped defeat that legislation. Um, the village of Heartland. Okay. Um, the village board <laughs> on Tuesday night, February 13th, agreed to help a local business fight new e-cigarette rules by the U.S. FDA, which the business said could cause it to shut down. The FDA in August wrote new rules for the manufacturers and sellers of tobacco products, which includes e-cigarettes. The rules do a number of things, such as requiring warning labels and prohibit the sale of tobacco products to those under 18. However, it's the rule that would require approval of every product introduced after February of 2007 that the leaders of Heartland-based e-cigarette juice manufacturer Johnson's Creek Enterprises fear could put them out of business. Johnson's Creek has more than 200 e-liquids that were all introduced to the market after 2007, according to Heidi Braun, President and Chief Operating Officer of Johnson Creek. She said each application could cost about $1 million, which would cost the company about $200 million if uh, submitted an application for each flavor. We're absolutely for regulation, but we're for stable and right regulation, Braun told the village board. Not something that could put us out of business or cost us millions of dollars. Village involvement could help. According to Linda Hansen of the Electronic Vaping Coalition of America, federal laws allow local governments to interfere with federal agencies if regulations or laws will affect a business within its boundaries. Hansen told the village board the law has been used often and effectively to interfere with federal rules. We're talking 10th Amendment here, people. Johnson Creek was the first company to sell e-liquid in the U.S. Uh, it distributes to more than 120 countries and sells to some of the largest manufacturers in the business, including Finn and Blue. In her appeal to the village board for help working with the FDA, Braun pointed out that her company paid about $380,000 in rent last year and employs about 50 people who live, shop, and spend money in the village. She said her company had been a responsible player since day one, including packages with child safety caps, shrink wrap, and warning labels. Um, the village trustee, Rick Stevens, said he's used an e-cigarette for two years and the device helped him kick his habit. Um, so the village board voted unanimously to work with the FDA to defend Johnson's Creek. That's not something you hear all that often. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, this was also interesting. This is the difference in two Oregon counties. We know that Oregon is a big proponent of Tobacco 21. Eugene, Oregon. Commissioners in Oregon County say a proposed ordinance to increase the legal age for using and buying tobacco products from 18 to 21 should include a clause to exempt users who have already turned 18. 18-year-olds 18 uh, who are already addicted shouldn't have to quit cold turkey. Lane County Commissioner Jay Brozovich said at Tuesday's public meeting on the issue. Let's be fair to those who are already addicted at a legal age rather than making their addiction illegal. Most of his fellow commissioners agreed voting 4-1 to one to advance the ordinance with the grandfather clause. The registered guard reported. Final approval could come March 14th with the new age limit taking effect 30 days later. Eric Brodnell, Western Director for the Preventing Tobacco Addiction Foundation, said the grandfather clause would render the ordinance useless for its first three years. Jack Jones of Eugene said commissioners should not pass the ordinance targeting people ages 18 to 20. We'll, set, we'll send them to war, we'll let them get married by a house, but we do not trust them with tobacco, he said. The efforts to raise age for legal tobacco users is part of a campaign called Tobacco 21 um, to pass local and state laws throughout the country because of alleged inaction at the federal level. 
Commissioner Sid Lecton voted against the ordinance saying the legal age limit focused on buying tobacco should be uniform across all Oregon. I strongly believe we're creating an island, Lincoln said. Someone could go from Junction City to Harrisburg if they really wanted to buy those cigarettes. Those, cig those cities are less than five miles apart, but are in different counties, and they have different working tobacco, tobacco 21 laws. Um, that was the first time I'd ever seen that come up. I just thought it was interesting. And that is really all I have for this week. So tune in next Monday. Uh, next Friday for your next Kasaf Thanks for listening.